You're listening to DraftKings Network. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start, same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB, the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. This is the Dan Levator Show with the Stugats Podcast. We're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. game and we own that game we finish that game there is no light at the end of the tunnel there is no light i was proud of them and i love the fight they have in them and i love the grit So what did he say? Oh, it doesn't matter whether you have what or three toes. He's going to kick one ass. ass cheek or three toes. Put it on the pole, please. Juicy. Which seems like an easy fight. Uh, At Levitar, down. Does it matter whether you have one ass cheek or three toes? Is Dan Campbell still going to kiss kick your ass? I think everybody when that for the introductory press conference happened, and he said we're going to bite your kneecap off, and then on the way back up we're going to bite your other kneecap, and that whole speech. We also everybody made fun of it and was like, "Whoa, this guy's intense." I don't think we actually focused enough on the poetry 
of what he said. That that the construction of that speech, it's it's spoken word poetry, and I think we should give him a little more credit for his literary genius. Uh, Charlotte, I, maybe people know this on Oddball, but I don't think the people here know you actually uh, are a poetry expert. You studied poetry. You wanted the most difficult career path of all. I'm going to become a professional poet. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> how do you do that? And here I am. So yeah, no, I uh, not to brag, won the poetry prize my senior year of college. Wow. So. What Which explains my career path. Well, you were the only sport. contestant, also, because no oh, one else on. would choose poetry okay, as a career. Uh, real quick, I want to thank Darth Shredder for making that song. That's our first ever parody song that came with a music video. That's yeah. the way that that content creator decided to make that song. So we appreciate the creativity, wanted to reward the effort. Don't you guys want that poet to hoist the Lombardi Trophy? I mean, seriously. I mean, watching watching that. As much as I'm a Kyle Shanahan guy, that that'd be pretty gnarly making yes. it to the Super Bowl too. I think we're guaranteed great storylines no matter what gets in there. I want to better understand, though, Stugatz's viewpoint because, again, another segment ended and he stood over me. And he's right because he wanted me to end the last segment. Like, he's like, you you idiot. Like, I tossed you the ability to make fun of me because I've taken every possible position on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I didn't know what to do with it, and I limped into the break just on a terrible day. Just limped into the break, like, ah, oh, I love Lamar Jackson. Big surprise. I'm rooting for Lamar Jackson. I'm sure that's hugely surprising to me, uh, to anybody out there, that I want the guy to win who nobody thought was going to be a quarterback. I think Lamar Jackson loves point break. So what is your take officially on the Chiefs, uh, Stugatz? Because what we're headed toward in this game, right. if there's a controversial call, that favors the Chiefs oh boy. and gets them into the Super Bowl because the best possible result for the NFL is Jason Kelsey's drunk shirtless ass <laughs> and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey being in the Super Bowl. Mm. And people in Baltimore are already saying this game's going to be fixed. That it is, it really behooves a league with an officiating problem that the Kansas City Chiefs make the Super Bowl. If there is a call, Stugantz. Yep. That goes in these games that are decided by nothing. If there's a call against Baltimore that gets the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, conspiracy theories will be flying. What, what are I, I want to know what your take is because when the playoffs began, you said yep. that's the team I want to see. Felt and, good at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and you also said that same week though, Patrick Mahomes uh, strolling into your stadium, anybody would be afraid of that. Your right. your takes have been all, all over the place. All right, yeah. so yeah. let's let's pin you down. Right. The Kansas City Chiefs. Huh. Where are you on this? Please make some consistent word salad so we understand what your one position is on this. Can I get back to you on Monday or see what happens? He's so slippery. <laughs> He's dripping in grease right now. You're trying to Billy, like, help me. You're trying to produce the my, my original take was this Chiefs team is down. And this year you want the Chiefs strolling into your stadium because they're not playing that well. But then I saw him against Buffalo. Yeah. You do not want that guy strolling into your stadium, Dan. I am telling you, unless you're Lamar Jackson, because he's so much better and they're so much better than the Chiefs, this is exactly what you want. You don't want Josh Allen. Billy, help me. So please. you do or you don't Billy, want. Help Billy, help me. Even just, within Billy, the sentence. He's going to take every position on this, yeah, Billy. Yeah, Billy, let me roll because I'm trying to confuse Dan <laughs> so he has no idea what my position is. I mean. Let him cook, Billy. I'd like, the, I'd like the room's position on this. Jason Kelsey is saying on the number one podcast in America, he is saying that 
His wife asked him at Sunday's game because they were meeting Taylor Swift for the first time to be on his best behavior. And he, he was. He said to her, when you met me, I was blackout drunk. That is my best behavior. Do you guys believe that all of that is so? And does Taylor Swift like that the Kelseys are relentlessly themselves, even though it's a little dirty because she's been surrounded by yes people for her entire adult life? Yeah, I absolutely believe that's his best behavior. He talked about it earlier on an episode of New Heights where when he met Kylie, his wife, the first time he met her, he was like blacked out drunk. So I really do believe that's his best behavior. In fairness, like she's meeting the Kelsey family. Like she should be the one. She should be on her best of, behavior. Exactly absolutely right. Right. Like yep. this is what you're, mm -hmm. if anything, this is a very honest representation of what you're in for. Like, can you hang or can you not? I also do believe that's Jason's best behavior. Yeah. He behaved very. Yeah. It, everybody he kept his pants on. She's, she's courting too. Behaving best. Taylor yeah. needs also, to go out there in sub-zero temperatures and do something similar. Yeah. If you well, you're right. If you, no, uh, no. Scandalous. I said something similar. Yes. I, I, Not the exact same thing. Face. Something similar. I'd settle for her being on rhythm. <laughs> oh, oh right. goddamn. <laughs> What? No, we're not. We're well, not let, no, let's have, finally let's have this conversation because yes, I've been. I, people have made fun of my Caucasian delegation, the swag surf and the stealing of the swag surf. It's not about the stealing of it. Like, just you, you, you're a singer, you're a musician. How do you not know what oh, you rhythm meant is? Dancing. Yes. Sorry, I thought you meant in her music. No, no, I meant like. I was like she's oh. pretty on on rhythm. Sorry, dancing. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, like how is that possible though? It, it just doesn't make sense. It would be like. Uh, like, hey, what do you do? I, I'm an Olympic track and field athlete. Yeah, oh, yeah, what do you do? Like, run the 100 meter, 200 meter. All right, how are your times? Pretty good, really good. I've, like, I've medaled a couple of times. All right, watch, let me watch you run. And, and they run like this. <laughs> Audio medium, uh, medium here. So. How is that possible? How is that possible? You don't you... think a good singer can be a bad dancer? Not bad. No, so guys, I'm not talking about like dance routines. Swag serving is literally just left. Right, left to the beat of the the rhythm of the music. That is very obvious. How is she missing this? How is she completely off off rhythm? When this is her job, pretty much. <laughs> Lucy is in agreement with this. Huh. Yeah, I You're, mean, like, be careful with the Swifties here. Yeah, I mean, at this point, who's not going to be mad at me after today? Yeah. Um, she. When she would dance at award shows, that would always be sort of my thought. Like, there would be, like, musicians playing, and I'd be like, that girl is offbeat. Yes. Wow. When she's, she's in the crowd, yeah, right? when she's in the crowd. And, like, live your life, dance freely, do what you want. But Amin does have a point. Her her rhythm is not there when it comes to dancing. But um, Amin is making the one point, and I would say that I uh, our show has been crucified the last couple of weeks because we are not attacking the cultural appropriation of, uh, of, of stealing that dance. Dude. Swag serve was culturally appropriated like 10 years ago. Ten, like when you, the first time you walked into the NBA game, the Heat do it every like third to fourth quarter transition. The moment you saw it at an NBA game, like as, and now everyone let's swag surf, it was done. She didn't appropriate that. It was long gone. Texas A&M does the side to side. Once that happened, yeah, you were done. Kind of used to having things stolen from us. You know, they still woke. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They they saw and then they they changed the definition. Yeah, they changed is, the definition to you know the N word basically. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that we should transition right from there effortlessly into how our show swag surfs as the critic of Taylor Swift and how she swag surfs. Here you go. Here's the video of our show swag surfing. You tell me if we're doing it well. You want to do a, a, yeah. a Doom Square of four people? Yeah, swag. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Swag. Swag. Oh my gosh. Oh God, I've oh, never man, felt whiter. Oh, 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 whiter. Oh, God, Jesus. Oh, oh, no, it is right yeah, there. No, you don't find joy in others having joy. So, God, you did the right thing. What? No, then he tried. Then he tried. Yeah. I just had. Uh oh. Giannis says he was surprised by the Griffin dismissal. What? Steve Martin was a proud comic. That's funny. I think Mike was just trying to get us off of the swag surfing. And so he just did breaking news that wasn't NFL but he didn't news. Ha- he didn't have he anything. He didn't have anything. He had, it's not even breaking news. Yeah, it's broken news. It. I like it, though. I, look at him. It saved me from the epilepsy of watching that video. It got us off of it. I mean, yeah. yes. Well done, Mike. <laughs> Save the show again, Mike. And you never get credit. No one ever says, hey, Mike, thanks for saving the show. Thank I'm you, saying Mike. it, though. Thanks. That's what the money's for. <laughs> Howdy, listeners. It's Mike, and you know, a lot has changed over the years. Just look at sports. There's instant replay, a three-point line, there were shifts and then not shifts. But one thing that hasn't changed over the course of all those things I just mentioned, the great taste of Miller Lite. That's right. It's so good. And it's also less filling. So what's the best thing about Miller Lite, the original light beer? Well, Miller Lite sparked this debate way back in 1975. We still haven't settled it. Be like me. I don't pick one. I like it because it's both. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's a beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Be like me. Say both. Miller Lite, great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs and premium regular beer. Don Lebatard. Jess, you can't talk about uh, double-digit national titles when every single call of you winning the national title sounds like this. Oh, there's there's Stubby Jack running down the sideline. <laughs> if if the audio... Yeah, That's really. not true. <laughs> yeah. And there's a World War II veteran pitching into another white guy, and he avoids another white guy. Oh, my God. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish have done it again for the eighth time. They're playing white people. Stugats. Chubby Checker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's black. He's black, and I was really like, it was a white name, Chubby Checker. I picked a black. I'm sorry, man. It's, I'm improv in here. It's a pretty cool riff. He spells it differently. All right. His name is Chubby. Maybe you didn't hear me correctly. His name is Chubby Checkers. There's an S at the end. I feel like that should be the largest of five. Yeah, Chubby. It's Chubby Checker. It sounds like a college football name. This is the Dan Lebatar Show with the Stugats. That mother has me writing somehow 500 words for him for his book leading up to the Super Bowl. He's asked Will Bond for it. He's asked me for it. He's wandering around. This is what he's doing. He's He's writing a book? No, he's not. He's outsourcing it to all these people. He's not writing a book. It's his personal record book that he will not have written a word of, but he's going to use every grift and every... Mina, let's talk about this for a second. Yeah, let's talk about Uh, it. Let's let's reveal this to the audience. Well, it's not... We're not not running. Yeah, we're running. We're running. We're going now, and I like when the off-air stuff ends up on air. Please tell me, because Stugas has just left with Billy to do something, and he's 
always running some sort of grift. He's asked me to ask Wilbon to write the foreword of his book. He's asked me to write the foreword of his book. And now I'm finding out, and I think Mike Sherb put this whole deal together, and I don't think he's going to do any actual work. What has he asked you to do, Mina? And he's insisted that you write it on this, the busiest time of your life? Yes. Okay. So I, yes, Stu texted me, Hey, I've got this book, just asking some friends to pitch in a little bit. I actually thought, you know, maybe a blurb, something I get asked to do every now and then maybe a forward is a reasonable request of an old friend like you. No, I, I get an email from Stanzik, who's helping him, uh, the ESPN producer. Uh, he wanted me and I imagine others to write a rebuttal to one of his chapters the chapter is not that long. I, and then he said the rebuttal can be, he's like, it could be 500, could be a thousand words. That would make the rebuttal as long as the chapter. So essentially, he is asking people, I believe, to co-author his book without, of course, any. I don't know, think uh, he's going to write. I don't think he's going to write any of it. I no, think he did. I, he, they sent me the chapter. It's not long. It is not long. And I don't think he it, wrote it is what I'm chat, saying. Chat GPT. Oh. I, th I think yeah. either chat GBT or a ghostwriter. I don't believe Stugatz has lifted a finger to a word processor to write anything to a computer. Is this, anything. you know how MLM multi-level marketing schemes work where uh -huh. you have to build your downline. And uh -huh. I feel like I'm in Stu's downline. You like he is somehow. <laughs> and oh, I left out the part, the, the, the greatest part. Oh, and by the way, if you can, can you just get this to us by February 9th? Not a like, deadline? I mean, yeah, it's a February 9th. Not any deadline. Not, not any deadline. Are you busy that week? <laughs> what would you be doing that week, Mina? Why would you be busy? This freaking guy, man. Sounds and like you need I'm to get a jump it. on this. <laughs> it sounds like you had. Yeah, so you, you better you get to work. Leave? You got a you got a week and I, uh, I started it last night because that's who I am. Mina, breaking news. A Dave chump. Canales is the head coach yes. of the Carolina Panthers. Dave Tepper finally got someone to say yes to this job. He's interviewed a lot of people. Uh, number one, handsome man. That's my main observation. I discovered him on a Monday Night Football. Didn't know he looked like that. Handsome yeah. guy. I'd follow him anywhere. That's yeah, your, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a number two. That's it. That's no, it. No, no, no. I mean, immediately I mean, did, did a good job with Baker. So um, to the top of the handsome rankings, right? I mean, who's who's giving him a run there? D'Amico, Kevin, like well, this a bit is, of a long neck. Yeah. I mean, what are we gonna do? We're just gonna oh, wow. objectify this person. I mean, there's, there's some definite Mitchell Trubisky vibes happening. Dude, I think the main what? question while breaking this down is: Do you see Dave Canales speaking yeah. at Dave Tepper's funeral? <laughs> uh, this is, it, it feels a little bit out of left field. Dave Canales was a first year offensive coordinator. He coached quarterbacks in Seattle before that. It's a very rapid ascent, but I always suspected the Carolina job might be an out of left field hire because, uh, it was so undesirable candidly, right? Like, cause we're talking about probably right now, Arizona gives him a run for money, but one of the worst owners in the NFL in terms of like working for him. We've heard a litany of reasons when it comes to Tepper. Uh, we does, you know, we know he does have a lot of money, so I have to think Canales got a pretty sizable contract for this. But this is quite the come up, and I think you know it's not easy or not hard, pardon me, to see why they went with him. Uh, the most important thing in Carolina is fixing the quarterback situation, helping Bryce Young develop, fixing the offense, and. He did a great job in Tampa this year with Baker. I was, I was really impressed by the play calling, the way he tailored it around Baker's skill set, the way Baker evolved as a quarterback with Canales, getting the ball out quickly, most notoriously taking fewer sacks. So 
both of those are things that Bryce Young desperately needs to do in Carolina. Um, they obviously need to add a lot of talent on that side of the ball. But to that end, I do like the hire. I'd like to make a formal apology to Mitchell Trubisky. I misspoke. I meant Mike Glennon. Mike long, Glennon. Oh, the neck. Long-necked yeah. Mike Glennon. Oh, you really ruined that. I ruined it. Go sit Go sit in the yeah. penalty box for two I minutes. That. You've got to get Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon's wife uh, is a famous character on this show talking to his neck. you got to get that one right. Wait, Me I'm can so I tell you a story quickly about Mike Glennon? Yes. I think it was very early in my relationship with Orlovsky. I might be misheard. I think this is what happened. I was making fun of Mike Glennon's neck making a lot of jokes. I mean, it is, look it up, folks. It is yeah. uh, It is a dramatically, it is uh, pretty noticeable. And Orlovsky looks at me and he goes, I was in Mike Glennon's wedding. <laughs> oh, funny. I mean, that's like that's that. when you start it with like, do you know Mike Glennon? And then they yeah. say yes and you're like, cool. Uh, and yeah. that's your story. So you have to do that actually with Dan Orlovsky anytime you're about to make fun of anyone in the NFL because as a journeyman backup quarterback, he's been in a lot of, Weddings and is this, but is this the last spot that we're allowed to shame somebody's body? Uh, my fatness neck and his neck, like, is the the neck is now a safe space to mock some the Wait, way Glennon's someone looks? Neck or Canalis because Canalis is making the neck work. He is. I think part of the reason Glennon's neck is so um, interesting is it raises the question of whether it helps you play quarterback. Kind of like, you know, with, with all with all the trench warfare in front of you, is it like a periscope where you can kind of see over, you know? And he's he's very tall, too. I think he's six six or six seven. Yeah, so heads above the crowd, you might say. Is that a saying? That is a saying. It might be a compliment, is what I'm saying. I, no, well, not only that, this is what I would ask you. You know how serious these draft rooms are about measuring quarterbacks. Are you telling me that you believe in a draft room somewhere? The people yes. trying to decide whether Mike Glennon was a first-round pick made the separator look at his neck he's got a longer neck than someone else i believe like a periscope he can see over his offensive line i would bet nino's 529 that at the combine or whatever at some point in the draft process a coach said <laughs> look at the neck on that guy vision I mean, I, vision i think though that something important about mike lennon is his neck isn't necessarily longer than some other people's necks. His head is just narrow. So it makes the neck oh. look more of a part. No, um, it's longer. Okay. No, it's Charlie, longer. it's longer. Put it that way. Okay, that's Wait safe. a minute. He this looks, isn't real. This what's on the screen, that's not real. Why is he smoking he a cigarette? Lovely. I feel the bad. Cigarette, that is Photoshop. That's the only thing. handsome. Someone has to say it. Yeah, I, I do have questions about coaching. Uh, we'll get to the Jim Harbaugh in a second, but uh, yeah. not that Bill Belichick was ever in play for Carolina. Bill Belichick has only been really linked to one team, and they continue to right. to interview candidates. Are we really looking at a scenario where Bill Belichick's going to be, I think, 15 wins away from Don Shula's uh, wins record, and he's not going to have a job this year? Yeah, we're down to the Seahawks, Commanders, and Falcons now, the game of musical chairs is is rapidly shrinking. Um, I think it's a real possibility. Like at first it, it's, it felt like Falcons was preordained. It was a done deal. But I think as some of these coaches go off the board, you're seeing other coaches like Ben Johnson, like Mike McDonald, like Mike Vrabel, who are very desirable candidates still available. And suddenly old Bill has some pretty serious competition for that job. I think what is possible, Mike, if, if Bill doesn't go to the Falcons, is he just takes one year off, comes back. I don't think he's done coaching, but I could see him taking a year off and, and uh, coming back 
for whatever openings are. Oh, but Mina, this is a bit of a stunner. Okay, can we just stop for a second here? Are you suggesting that Bill Belichick is going to take a forced year off because not even Atlanta wants him after two interviews and the options are drying up. Like what what world am but, I living? But a lot of a lot of this has to be Bill Belichick being judicious too. I, I can't imagine yeah. a world where well, Dave Tepper would prefer to have uh Canales over Bill Belichick. Maybe that is Dave Tepper's world. But he's also well, not Jerry, shown it's interest. Jerry Jones's world, evidently, is it not? Like I gotta believe he kicked well, the tires on it, man. I mean, if Bill Belichick doesn't get a job or sits a year out and like the entire year you are going to see photo every time the Cowboys lose, you are going to see a giant Photoshop of Bill Belichick wearing Cowboys gear. They might even just, you know, like that'll be a first take topic. Like, is it time to bring in Bill Belichick midway through the season? Um, one thought on Bill though, uh, and, and as far as like, why is he not like the top candidate for all these jobs? You're talking about the greatest coach in NFL history. A lot comes with Bill. A couple things. Uh, he might not explicitly want the GM title, but if you bring him in, you are bringing him to run the organization, which by the way, it looks like might be the deal that Harbaugh got in LA. We'll see what they do because uh, they fired their GM as well. But some teams don't want that. Some teams already have GMs. A team like the Commanders clearly wanted to bring in Adam Peters from the 49ers. So that actually limits the openings, I think, because different some teams are just not interested in that sort of package deal. And then speaking of package deals, there's also a good chance he's going to bring some of his boys with him. Matt Patricia, Bill O'Brien, maybe. I don't know, Josh McDaniels. So again, there might be teams that aren't interested in the coaches that Bill would want to hire. Um, and if that's the case, then yeah, there might not be a, the perfect choice for him. Mina, we have not talked about this enough today, and I want to get as many unspooled thoughts from you as I can because we've neglected it today and we shouldn't have. Jim Harbaugh ruling all of sport in a way that gets him that job with that power out of a cheating scandal as an undefeated champion. Holy shit, what an amazing story that he wins in every way and that he and his brother are just conquerors of that sport on the pro level and on the collegiate level. Yeah, I mean, it, he is kind of the case study for winning solves everything, right? Because if he hadn't won with Michigan, such a different narrative today. The way we think about him leaving, I would say, like, we're barely talking about, you know, the potential punishments and all of that. It, it's like, whatever he won, it's fine. They got their, you know, it's, it's over, it's whatever. And he's a big winner. If he hadn't won, I think that would be a pretty, um, that and he still took the Chargers job. I think that would dominate the conversation today around it, Jim Harbaugh fleeing college football, just as the hammer is about to come down or whatever. I personally don't care. I'm just saying um, that, you know, his record as a winner, the fact that he's turned around so many organizations, that is now the story of his career. And I personally think he'll probably have a lot of success. We'll see something similar in Los Angeles. Uh, Mina, but this is why I think the Cosmos are laughing at me and how cutthroat that sport is. Belichick can't get a job and Harbaugh just got a great one with all of the power after cheating uh that's unbelievable like i understand i watched it happen so i understand but I, I, you can understand how a lifelong but, journalist would be confused by belichick can't has to has to grovel before the falcons with two interviews and they don't necessarily want him but harbaugh gets all the power bill belichick is coming off of two yeah. disastrous seasons one of which was largely his doing in making those horrible offensive coordinator hires. So that is fresh in everyone's mind. Jim Harbaugh is coming off of turning a program around, winning a national championship. It's a what have you done for me lately league. So I actually don't find this 
that surprising, frankly. Uh, the other thing I'll say about Harbaugh is he has been very good at identifying coaching talent underneath him. I mean, the guy in Baltimore, Mike McDonald, uh, in Michigan, Jesse Minter. So if I'm an owner, I'm looking at him and I'm like, this guy is very good at hiring. Bill Belichick? Not so much. Well, not only that, you just gave the real reason. When you said that list of names that comes with Belichick, all of us recoiled at all of those suicide names. Suicide Squad. Oh, You're my God. You're bringing in the Suicide oh Squad. Oh, my God. We all recoiled at how shitty uh, his coaching tree is. Folks, listen up. I want to talk to you about PXG and their new Black Ops driver. You no longer have to sacrifice distance for accuracy, for forgiveness. Folks, those days are done. You get both of those things with this new driver because I went to one of their PXG locations and I tested it out myself. And my boy Mike over there, if you're in Fort Lauderdale, you got to go to that location. He took care of me there. It was quick. It was efficient. By the time I got into my car, I had my email where my clubs were going to be sent. I have them now. It is a beautiful thing. What an experience. The PXG Black Ops driver is a break through in driver technology. It's a complete, total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000. I'm telling you, that is ridiculously high. You got to check it out. The PXG Black Ops driver. You'll be as impressed as I was. Learn more and get free shipping on all the equipment at pxg.com slash Dan. Use code Dan at checkout. That's pxg.com slash Dan. Code Dan for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash Dan. Code Dan. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days, spring's the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on. Challenge yourself. And Peloton's classes were made just for that, to challenge you. There's a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve what you already excel in. Plus, if you don't know which class to take to reach your fitness goals, guess what? You can join one of Peloton's many programs. Right now, I'm in a strength program with Andy and a core program with Emma. They're expert coaches like Andy and Emma, and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. With Peloton, you don't need to worry about driving to the gym, making it to class on time. You can do it all from the comfort of your own home whenever it fits your busy schedule. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Don Lebatard. I feel like we need to normalize saying the scientific terms for organs on the air. Oh, like penis. if someone, yes. You know what? If someone takes a foul ball to the penis... We should just say he took a foul ball to the penis. Say mm -hmm. it. Stugatz. That free kick hit him right in the cock-a-doodle-doo. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugatz. Jim Harbaugh, as Mina outlined, has had success everywhere that he's gone. He made Stanford relevant prior to that. Uh, when he was at, in college with San Diego, he turned them around. He gets to the Niners, turns them around. Then he got to Michigan. And while he did turn them around, it wasn't without its bumps in the road. In fact, if, if Rutgers doesn't miss a field goal kick, he might uh, get fired. If they actually play against Ohio State in that COVID-shortened year, he might get fired. But he pulled out a win with his experience over at Michigan. Now he's back in the NFL. But one thing changed with Jim Harbaugh that I want to talk to you about. He was a great head coach for the the Niners. His, his team loved him. When he went to Michigan, he really leaned into these weird eccentricities. 
and he's considered more of a goofball. And I don't know if that'll if that Jim Harbaugh plays whoa, in the whoa, NFL. Whoa. He was a stone cold weirdo in the NFL too. <laughs> like, let's not. There's no revisionist history is happening on my watch. That dude is a truly authentically strange human being, and always has been. There are so many examples uh, from his time with the San Francisco 49ers of oddball behavior. My favorite was when he tucked in every piece of clothing into his khakis for one cold weather game. That it's one of my favorite. It's an indelible image to me. Um, he had weird beefs. You remember what's your deal with, uh, by the way, that that my favorite thing of all is that he ended up in the AFC West because he's going against the ultimate weird beef coach, Sean Payton. The post-game interactions are going to be absolutely legendary between those two. Um, he is probably the strangest coach we've got. And I'm so glad he's back in the NFL because of it, because I don't want these like anodyne pretty boy McVay. They're just normal and only live and breathe football and never say anything. Interesting coaches. I want a guy who, you know, makes weird allusions to Catholicism and like texts, like history stuff that doesn't make any sense. I want a guy who looks like he's about to have an aneurysm every time uh, the ref makes a mistake. I want a guy who tucks all of his clothing in at once. I am so glad Jim Harbaugh is back in the NFL. Put it on the poll, please, Juju, at Levitard Show. Is uh, Jim Harbaugh a, the truly, authentically, genuinely strangest person in the universe? Uh, because, Mina, you're excited about this. The part I'm excited about, all these whiz kids losing to Harbaugh and Dan Campbell is funny. All the all the whiz kids who are who are who are bringing the new football to people and have Harbaugh wow. and Dan Campbell like club them over the head because they're just uh, strange and tough and they'll punch you in the face. Well, the the brilliance of Harbaugh and Campbell is they got whiz kids working underneath them though. Dan, I mean Dan Campbell's Lions. He's, first of all, both of those coaches, Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson, I think are extraordinary. And but Ben Johnson. Um, is the definition of a whiz kid offensive coordinator and is a huge reason why. And again, that's a credit to Campbell that he, you know, he comes in uh, as an offensive guy and he makes that right hire and he delegates correctly and he's an amazing leader and I love him as a coach, but it's not like, you know, old school traditional football. I mean, where Dan Campbell's like the most aggressive coach in the NFL right now when it comes to going for it, for example, which I think will be a big factor in this weekend's game. Uh, same thing, you know, with Harbaugh, I think, you know, I talked about some of the coordinators, the coaches at Michigan, that guy who calls it defense is freaking amazing over there. And that's what, as we consider, like, again, Bill Belichick's possible undesirability, that's what you need out of a head coach. It's not just about like, let's bring in the best play caller. Can we bring in the guy who identifies the best, best play caller, who nurtures these young coaches. And those two guys have been very successful at doing so. I was mocking earlier, Mina, that most people talking about football publicly can't actually explain to us very well why it is a coordinator is or isn't good, although some of you have gotten better and you are someone who is consistently good at this. So explain to me what just happened with Fangio and what it means that he would leave Miami for Philadelphia when I think a lot of people don't understand that Fangio, while he was here was undone by injuries but didn't ever yeah. in his career have any answers for Josh Allen whatever it is the Dolphins were trying to do there they didn't get a defensive coordinator who could actually have any ideas about heat how to beat the best quarterback in their division 
Well, I think it's unfair to Fangio because if he had had a healthy defense, we would have actually seen whether or not they would have been able to play Josh Allen. And I'll say this. I thought he did a hell of a job calling a game against Josh Allen, yeah. given all of the injuries that they had. Yeah, I'm glad you, um, I'm glad you called him out, Mina, on that because yeah. that Sunday night, or they, they got a lucky punt return that actually ended up taking out another I'm, backup I'm defender. I'm just saying historically, Fangio's numbers against Josh, Josh Allen has giant games. I'm, I'm not taking away He was away just credit. figuring this guy out. I'm asking asking you what it means that he left Miami for Philadelphia. I don't think it was. So I haven't talked to anyone um, who knows him or, or knows what happened in Miami. My suspicion, though, is it wasn't like a pure like this wasn't like, uh, oh, he failed. Right. Um, because I actually thought he did a pretty good job this season, given all of the injuries on defense, and especially in the second half of the season. Once guys started to get healthy, you saw this defense finally peaking. It's a complicated defense. And then just unbelievable attrition defensively. I don't think you can pin any struggles at the end on Fangio. It's certainly not why, by the way, they lost and, and got knocked out. It's, that was more about the offense. Um, I think, you know, it, it's, I, I'm speculating here. It sounds to me more like just kind of um, a personal thing, an interpersonal thing, potentially. Um, maybe there's another guy that they've got their eye on. I don't know. But this is not a fo for me. It might be a philosophical thing, too. Maybe Mike McDaniel wants a different kind of defense to pair with his offense. But I, I don't think Fangio failed as a defensive coordinator. I really don't. Do you have a favorite storyline this weekend, uh, whether it's dorky football storyline or just fun emotional storyline? I mean, it's dorky football. This Chiefs-Ravens game is insane. Like, I, I just from a matchup perspective... This Ravens defense, you talk, you asked me about the impact of coordinators. It, it's such an incredible marriage of coaching and talent. Because um, in some ways, like what they do, it's very old school football. They play fast. They play physical. They hit hard. And then on the other hand, though, when you watch them, and, and if you want to watch them and, and really try to understand what makes this defense unique, just watch the fronts. Watch how many guys are lined up on the line of scrimmage at the start of every play, and then watch what happens as they scatter like cockroaches and, and drop into coverage, and someone's coming and someone's going, and no one seems to know what's happening at any time. They're amazing. I mean, they have solved all of these Shanahan offenses the Niners, the Dolphins, the Texans. I want to see if the greatest quarterback, I believe, in the history, the most talented quarterback I've ever seen, can solve that. You're talking about a defense that uh, has the best linebacker duo in the NFL, the best safety duo group in the NFL. They have answers for the Chiefs pass catchers. Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, is going to have to go absolutely nuclear to win this game, which we, of course, know he's capable of. Help me with this part, though, because I don't understand how it is that it went from C.J. Stroud looking like he did against what yeah. I know to be a championship-caliber defense in Cleveland and then the next week totally neutered by the Baltimore defense. Is that matchups, or is it that Baltimore's defense uh, can be considered better than Cleveland's, which I thought was championship-ready? They're very different defenses, and I think you really saw that play out in these two games back-to-back. Cleveland's defense under Jim Schwartz play a lot of man coverage, four-man rush. We do what we do. We're going to win based on talent. You can scheme against that kind of defense, and Bobby Slowick did a masterful job of doing so. Ravens' defense, on the other hand, I, I alluded to this, all of the confusion up front, the simulated pressures. They're showing you one look before. They're changing it after the snap. 
and what they're so good at, and this is, I think, a big part of the reason why uh, Houston didn't have success, they take away the middle of the field. They take away those in-breaking routes. This is what they did to Miami. Of course, you know, Tua loves to feast on the middle of the field. So did C.J. Stroud. Wasn't there for him in this game. And you throw on top of that, Texans can't run the ball for crap. And suddenly it was a bad matchup for him um, and a dominant performance from that defense. If I'd asked you two weeks ago, hey, we're going to watch Patrick Mahomes go nuclear against the Baltimore defense, you would have said no way, right? Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, there well, he is. There, no, just because he has it. Their offense, Mina, their offense this year. On not, this show. Mina, their, their offense has been worthy of the doubt we've given that offense. Who's given? I'm sorry. Did I not go on this program? This, this, you asked me to give a hot take. What, when was this after? Yes, you did. Yes, yes you did. Yes. Okay, fine. Victory lap. I told you so. You're Kornheiser. You're Wilbon. Make that your career the next 20 years. I believe the country at large was doubting this Chiefs team and doubting the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, if he does it against Baltimore, you won't be surprised. No, I'll be surprised not because of Patrick Mahomes, but because it means that, uh, one of his receivers has to really go off. And I think that's going to be very challenging. I like Rasheed Rice a lot. We got this like randomly great MVS game. That would probably have to happen again. And that would be genuinely shocking to me. I would like, I, when Mahomes, it was the first deep ball, the slot fate. When he threw that, no part of my body thought MVS would catch that football. When we saw it so arcing so perfectly down the right sideline. And he sort of like, I'm like, no, 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 no. I did not believe it at all. And then he caught it. And then he caught another one. If that, I don't think that's likely to happen twice. So that would probably have to happen for them to beat the Ravens. It's, it's somebody other than those two guys who have to make plays. It's less than a minute here, but it's not the only thing that has to happen. We're not talking about you being right or Mahomes being nuclear guy if Josh Allen uh, connects on that 80-yard throw. And we're not talking about it. And he wouldn't have beaten Buffalo if, if Stephon Diggs holds a perfect throw, one of the best throws you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, but it did happen, so meh. That's right. That's where I always lose. <laughs> yes, that's where I always lose. But it did happen. Who's playing in the Super Bowl, so, Mina? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Ravens Niners. Uh, I'd say no, it's boring. Uh, Ravens Niners. Oh, that's not boring. Uh, no, I mean, we only got oh, like... It's a great three, game. I yeah, we only got like three like days of, of warming up to the race war between those two teams. Give me two weeks of that hype. Uh, Mina, come on. The it's Nick Bosa memes alone will feed it's the going, generation. It, there's going to be a bad call that allows the Kansas City Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl. Don't do this. Don't do No, we're not. No. I re, I, we're not doing that. You seen that. those we're home splits? You seen those home splits for that crew? Oh, boy. I, I, th I saw, also saw a great thread pointing out that the splits are basically identical to road crew. This is, I don't do, you, did, I, did I not say I don't like conspiracy theories? We're not doing ref conspiracy. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I reject the premise. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Looking forward to seeing you in Las Vegas. A thousand words by February 9th for Stu Gotch's <laughs> book that he's not going to write, okay? That freaking guy. Howdy, listeners. It's Mike, and you know, a lot has changed over the years. Just look at sports. There's instant replay, a three-point line, there were shifts, and then not shifts. But one thing that hasn't changed over the course of all those things I just mentioned, the great taste of Miller Lite. That's right. It's so good. And it's also less filling. So what's the best thing about Miller Lite, the original light beer? Well, Miller Lite sparked this debate way back in 1975. We still haven't settled it. Be like me. I don't pick one. I like it because it's both. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality. 
Great taste, only 96 calories. It's a beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Be like me. Say both. Miller Lite, great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs and premium regular beer. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 